Insight with Marilyn Baker, brought to you in association with Torch Trust for the Blind. Hello and welcome to this week's Insight. In today's programme, we'll take a look at what a mental health friendly church may look like. You may well be wondering what exactly I mean. Well, a church that understands what it's like for those suffering mental health issues and that does something about it. And later in the programme, we're going to be asking for your help too. It's said that one in five people will suffer a mental health problem at some time in their lives and still there's a culture of silence and shame around mental illness in many of our churches. So how can they become places of understanding and help to people who are suffering? Today we talk to Dr Rob Waller, a director of Mind and Soul, an organisation that explores the relationship between Christianity and mental health. Rob is a consultant psychiatrist working for the National Health Service in Scotland and Sarah Brookman spoke to him on the phone. Can you tell us, first of all, why you think there is this culture of shame and silence around mental illness within the church? Well, most cultures of shame and silence normally come from misunderstanding and I think mental illness is something which which can be quite easy to misunderstand particularly if you've not suffered from it yourself Um, you can think that either the person ought to snap out of it or that you can't understand why sometimes problems go on for quite a long period of time and an extra little rider on that of course is that you know there's a temptation to divide people up into those who are mentally well and those who are mentally ill and the people who are mentally well tend to say it's those people over there who are mentally ill, they've got a problem. Whereas, mm. in actual fact, mental health is very much a spectrum and we all have personality traits that we need to work on. We all have ups and downs in our mood. Um, and often what you find is that the people who are most vociferous about um, other people with mental health problems actually may have quite profound mental health issues themselves, although they may not actually be ill with them. Um, They may actually be in a worse situation. They may be in out-and-out denial, and one day everything's going to catch up with them. So I think it's a very interesting situation. And nothing very black and white? No, certainly not. No. No. And do you think some theology or spirituality within the church sometimes hinders this acceptance of mental health issues? Well, I think there's a, a number of things that go on. I mean, one, one is that, I mean, churches are hopefully quite good at caring and um, they, they, they do a reasonable amount of care for people who have um, severe mental illness, you know, people perhaps who are obviously mentally ill or perhaps obviously learning disabled. And they, they, they do care for them. And uh, But I suppose my question is, well, do they actually fully involve them? Do we actually fully appreciate these people have as valid a spirituality as yours or mine's or the or the Pope's or anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a lot of people perhaps who, who you know, we don't really sort of understand where the difference is between their spirituality and the illness they're currently suffering. So, for example, somebody who's, who's depressed, is that a, a medical illness or is that a, a spiritual problem? And um, I think there's a tendency in the church to 90% of the time say this is a spiritual problem. If this person could um, believe more in the Father's love, if this person could have more hope based on what Jesus has done for them, if this person could, um, you know, 
become more involved in the church, then all of these problems would, would, would somehow miraculously go away. Um, whereas actually, I think probably about 10, only 10% of the time is it a spiritual problem, and the other 90% of the time, um, it's not particularly spiritual at all. It, it, it could be things dating from the person's past or, or relating to their current circumstances, for example, at work or in their family. And actually, their faith may well be very, very healthy indeed. And I often think it's quite interesting, you know, if you do know know somebody who's depressed, is to talk to them about their spirituality, because you may well find actually it's it's alive and well, and possibly runs more deeply and and more thought through than yours does. And I've always been very impressed when I've spoken to people who are struggling with mental illness about the, the maturity of their spirituality, mm-hmm. because they've not settled at the level of easy answers. They've had to think more deeply about things. Now, you're keen to hear from people about what they think makes for a mental health friendly church. Um, And we're going to be asking our listeners to help you with this as well. What are you hoping to do with this information, Rob? Well, one of the things that interests me is, I mean, let's suppose you're Dave and you live in Doncaster and you grew up in Durham, let's say, and perhaps you went to Sunday school a couple of times in Durham, but you've long since left there, you've left home, you've moved to Doncaster, and for whatever reason you've been through or you're in the middle of an episode of depression and this is perhaps causing you to think do you know what perhaps i need to think about spiritual matters again i'm thinking about going back to church or perhaps after getting better you know you think church might be one of the things that you want to put in your life after that to improve your recovery where do you start because if you don't know anything about the church scene in Doncaster, um, one thing you could do is go to uh, a list of churches published by the local council or in the phone book and sort of pick one. But particularly if you're going to be there talking and saying, well, actually part of my journey is that I've been depressed and I'm still taking antidepressants and so on, there can be such a wide range of response to that in churches that that can often put people off the first step of actually going to church. So one of the things we're thinking about doing is producing a a sort of database of some kind of mental health friendly churches. So Dave in Doncaster can click on Doncaster and he can see a number of um, pins in the map or he could um, read about a number of churches in the Doncaster area who who are mental health friendly, who are not going to give him that kind of negative sort of, well, come on, you know, you should be stopping as antidepressants. Now you don't need those anymore sort of message. Um, But then you have to think, well, what would make a church to be mentally healthy. Um, And there's a number of different things that perhaps spring to mind, like say they have a counsellor on staff or they commit to have one sermon each year on the topic of depression or something. Or, Or it could be actually they're just a really small church who are genuinely welcome and it's acknowledged that they are a community of, of, of broken people. You know, as, as Brendan Manning once said, um, one bunch of beggars telling another bunch of beggars where to find bread <laughs> and that you're not going to be looked down on just because you're currently struggling through a period in your life. Mm. So I'm not quite sure how we go about quantifying this. Can we quantify it? Should we end up with a rating scale? Should it all be on personal recommendation, a bit like TripAdvisor? Um, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. And I think that's why I want people to get involved in this project, to tell us the kind of things they think make a mental health friendly church, and whether or not we can come up with a a bit of a system or classification or awards that churches can bid for. I, I don't know. Very open to ideas. So early days, but an important thing to do. Well, I think so. And 
these things are out there to a certain extent for physical disabilities, such as do you have a hearing aid loop installed? Um, do you have a ramp up to the front door? Do you have wide access toilets? Some of these things are there already. And if you look on the Find a Church website, you can see some of these physical health criteria there. Let's see if we can think about doing this in um, learning disability or in mental illness. And I know that colleagues from our sister charity, Through the Roof, are looking at the learning disability end of the spectrum and what makes for a, a learning disability friendly church as well. And I guess there might be some overlap. And Rob, tell us a bit um, bit more really about the work of Mind and Soul because there are other things you're involved with as well, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I, I work for the NHS as a consultant psychiatrist in Scotland and that's my, my day job, so to speak. But my um, my main sort of interest out, outside of, of, of work and family is something called Mind and Soul which started off as a blog, an online web, web diary that I was keeping when I was um, completing my training. And I, I'd been a church elder for a while and also training as a psychiatrist. And I just began journaling and writing about how these two worlds overlapped or didn't overlap and what I thought the main, main themes were. And this became a thing that quite a few people read. And then a bunch of us started meeting together. And um, then we hooked up with a number of other people up and down the country. And um, I think what became aware to me is that there's lots and lots and lots of groups doing this. You know, um, local councillors working, um, groups of people trying to do things in their town. Um, and what we thought we'd try and do at Mind and Soul is, is really try and draw a lot of this together. So, so Mind and Soul is mainly about networking. And that's, for example, why I'm so excited about getting this database of mental health friendly churches together. I'd also love to get a database of Christian mental health projects together, of, of Christian counsellors together, so that you can you can look at the UK and think, do you know what, there is so much going on here. And a lot of people who work in this area often feel like they're the only person doing it. Um, a bit like Elijah after the Battle of Mount Carmel mm. thought he was the only prophet left in the whole of Israel. But actually there were about 7,000 people. And there are actually about 7,000 Christian counsellors in the country. It's just when you're trying to find one, it seems like the there's only one or two. So, so let's get some of this information out there and make it accessible. And Minosol has been tremendously blessed over the past couple of years to have, to have been able to put on and produce some amazing resources. So we've done three or four conferences that have been attended by um, between 500 and 1,000 people and have been so encouraging because they, they've hit the local press. They've even hit the national press on occasions. They've been a huge encouragement to people who've been along to say, do you know what? This is important. The churches begin to take this area seriously. And Rob, if people want to have a look at your website and find out more um, about what Mind and Soul are up to, um, how can they do that? Definitely. Well, the easiest thing to do is to um, have a look at our website, which is www.mindandsoul.info, and it should be accessible for partially sighted readers using screen readers. And you can also go for a graphics-free and large text size option if you scroll down to the bottom of the page. Um, so there's a number of things that we are doing to um, put information available online. Um, online doesn't always work for everybody. So one of the organizations that we partner with and are part of are um, Premier Lifeline, and um, they have a phone number. It's an 0845 phone number at local call rate, and perhaps you can make that available to listeners at the end of the program. So the Premier Lifeline number will offer um, extended hours. It's, it's around about 19, 20 hours a day of um, 
confidential prayer and listening for anybody who's wanted to discuss their mental health and their relationships and take things further. And Rob, one last question. I know you're, you have got a conference coming up very soon. Um, do you want to just briefly mention that as well? Yes, we've got a, a big conference coming up um, at Holy Trinity Brompton, which is the home of the Alpha Course in London on Friday the 26th of March. Um, now, tickets are going pretty fast, so by the time this is aired, I'd suggest people check on the website or ring up Premier Lifeline to see if there's any tickets left, because um, we're expecting that to be a sellout. But there may be some spaces available, and there will be a limited number of tickets available on the door. So if you're interested in a conference around, particularly we're looking at theology this time, we've done a number of different focuses, we're looking at theology, um, Christian theology and mental illness we're looking at. And if that conference is fully booked, we're going to be running a conference alongside the Christian Resources Exhibition in Telford in late October. And in that conference, we're going to be looking at the whole issue of social transformation and how that can deal with some of the mental health problems that we have. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you. Now, Mind and Soul would like your help. How do you think churches can best support people with mental health problems? What would a mental health-friendly church look like to you? Now, if you've got any ideas, then do get in touch with us and we'll pass on that information to Mind and Soul. You can contact us on 01858 438 267. That's 01858 438 267. And there'll be someone directly at the end of this programme to answer your call. Or you can email your thoughts to us at insight at torchtrust.org. Or if you want to get in touch with Mind and Soul yourself directly, then the website is www.mindandsoul.info. So that's all from me for this week. And so until the same time next week, it's goodbye from me, Marilyn Baker. Insight, brought to you in association with Torch Trust for the Blind.